0: Want to highlight it to us that verse, that eleventh verse. We we know it so well. New Living Translation uh, reads it this way in Galatians third chapter, verse eleven. Those who are able to stand in honor reading God's word, you're welcome to do so. Uh, Galatians third chapter, verse eleven, New Living Translation says this way. So it is clear. That no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Or some translations say that the just shall live by faith or the righteous shall live by faith. Amen. You may have your seat. If you can help me announce the subject matter to your neighbor, tell them, just live by faith. Yeah, look at your other neighbor, tell them the same thing, tell them, just live by faith. I hope you caught the play on words there. Uh, You might be familiar with that good old commercial telling you to just do it. Uh, Here, I hope you can understand, just live by faith. Then understand if you put the article before, the just live by faith. Mm. Thinking about how faith should be our foundation. When something is your foundation, it is what holds everything together. If we look into our lives, I bet you will find that you have a lot of things that have been your foundations in the past. And you found out since those things were shaky, you had to change your foundation. Some of y'all looking at me and say, What you talking about? Well, I'm talking about how your foundation used to be your fashion. That your whole being of life depended on what shoes you had. If you did not have the proper shoes on, you didn't feel good about yourself. And you made sure when you came home that you let everybody know that if I had some new shoes, I, I would feel better about my myself. Uh, some of you said shoes weren't my problem. I understand it was that dress or that suit. Uh, you you weren't happy with that no brand suit. Uh, you wanted that name brand. Uh, you wanted to go to Neiman Markets. You wanted to go to. Some of those places that had all that fancy stuff, you see them modeling on the runway. And if you didn't have that on, you just didn't feel good about yourself. Some of you are saying, you nodded down my eye. That's all right. I'm still walking. (laughs) Some of you, found your foundation was not based on what you wore, but who was around you. That if you had friends in high places, you felt high. That you would always name drop like, oh, so-and-so's my friend. (laughs) Oh, I might be able to get us tickets to the place because so-and-so, you know, who works down so-and-so, they might be able to hook us up. You feel good just able to say that I know somebody and that that defined who you were. Or maybe it wasn't who you know, but maybe it's where you went that defined who you are. Oh, I just got back from the Bahamas. I'm about to go on my second cruise. I was just in New York and I saw that Broadway play. It was always about, I'll let you know how I'm living. I'm living so good. I can go to those places you're talking about. I I was there. Here's the pictures. Our foundation being on stuff that is superficial, it changes from day to day. Because as you find out when people don't care about that stuff, you find that they don't care about you. Because you have based your foundation, of your identity on things that don't matter. Because, you know, those shoes are only in style till that next year or sometimes that next month. That suit is only in style for maybe that year. and Maybe you can't fit it next year. Watch out, somebody. That trip is only good because once they go, they're going to be like, I've been there too. Things change. People change. So what should be your foundation? See, our faith. In God should be firm in who he is. You cannot just have intellectual faith. Because James makes it clear that that makes you no different than the devils. Even even the devils believe in God. What makes it different from you? Oh, Oh, that's when he talks about faith without works is dead. So I show you my faith in how I live. Anybody here want to live for Jesus? And So our faith is in God, which means we're going to walk on our faith. Y'all see that foundation? I'm trusting in God. I'm believing in God. Because there's people out there that believe in God only when it's convenient. But we must believe in God no matter Think about how the foundation of your house, you don't want it to be good just when it's cold outside. You want to be good every day. You want to come home to a strong foundation. Am I right about it? So how is it that to God, we say, God, I'm going to only trust you when the storms come. But in other days, I'm not going to come to you. We need to understand that the foundation in our God should be consistent because it's reliable on who he who is reliable. So who's your faith in? Do you put your faith, your trust in what you can acquire to make yourself feel better about yourself? You'll find that is fleeting. The saying goes that if you place your value in all your stuff, what happens when all your stuff is gone? So Paul is writing to them saying, who has hypnotized you? Who has bewitched you? Who has put a spell on you? He's using a word here that kind of goes back to some of you might remember seeing some old movies when the snakes would go back and forth. And basically what a snake would do, definitely in front of his prey, is trying to hypnotize his prey. As it's moving back and forth, it's trying to get the prey to get into its motion. So that it can strike. you, He said, who's fooled you? Who has put a spell on you, who has bewitched you, who has hypnotized you, that you left your true foundation and going out for something else? He said, who has fooled you because you have already seen the truth. You see that clearly in the text. It says You saw Christ crucified. And what's pointing out here is that I preached in such a way you heard in such a way that you vividly saw him crucified on the cross. That it may not be you were firsthand there, but the picture was so well painted that you saw him crucified. I'm looking at that text and I say that is so true. We are such visual people that when somebody talks about Christ being nailed to the cross, uh, a hope of picture comes to your mind. And you can say, that's my Lord that was nailed to the cross. I remember when the passion movie came out and that great scene when it showed the up close hand and the nail going through that hand. Mel Gibson, the director of the film, says he had to cut that frame in such a way that it was his hand driving the nail in Christ's hand because he understood I put him on that cross. I I guarantee you to me that when I watched it and I saw that, oh, I was broken, I've seen that movie only once because I can't bear to watch it again because I feel so guilty and so ashamed. Look at that. I put my Christ through that because how I'm living. It, It hurts me so much. So because I see him saying, and this is just a dramatization, this is not actual. Which means it was worse. And so can you see Christ? And so if you've seen Christ, who has fooled you to think this is something different? Who has fooled you to make you think he died for nothing? Paul is making out, don't be fooled. Because you are fooling yourself thinking you can work your way into heaven. Tell your neighbor, you can't work your way into heaven. It was the spirit. He makes it clear that wasn't it not the spirit that was working in you? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? So then does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you, do it by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Tell your neighbors, by faith. He's letting them know, don't be fooled that it was the flesh. No, it was not the flesh. It was the Spirit. And here, here close, clap, clap closely here, that look in our Gospels. We are so familiar with this that remember Nicodemus came and said, how can I get eternal life? He told him it's not by the flesh, it's by the spirit. He made a clear and said, you must be born again. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. Don't be, he said, don't be marvel, Don't be puzzled when I say you must be born again. It's not the flesh. It's the spirit. It's the spirit that is working, that miracles come upon our lives. So look how he deals with the spirit when he talks about faith in God equals righteousness. He talks about Abraham. He brings Abraham to the stand as his witness. Let me tell you how it's not the flesh. Let me show you how it is the spirit. Now, cast this, cast this, cast this, the order of this. Most of the times, right, when you think of, of Judaism, you might think of Moses and the Ten Commandments. That's great. But yet, it started with Abraham. Abraham is before the law. And Abraham, before the law, was counted righteous. Y'all cast that. So if they're going to defend, say, you have to have the law, well, what's what, what, with Abraham? Abraham was counted righteous because of his faith. Hebrews 11, chapter, got him in the halls of faith, who believe in a place he's never been before and trusted God and went. Abraham, before he was circumcised, was counted righteous. So he's pointing out, I say, well, you are sons of Abraham and you being sons of Abraham, understand that Abraham didn't work his way into heaven. He accounted to God and God accounted his faith upon him righteousness. And we are blessings. We are the recipients of the blessings of Abraham, who was justified by faith. Then you should understand that it was not your works that did it, but it was the faith in God. You know about the blessing of Abraham, don't you? how you should be the head and not the tail that you will always be on top and never the bottom this is the the blessing of abraham you find this deuteronomy 28 chapter verse 13 i'll read it to you again it says the lord will make you the head not to tell, if you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top and never at the bottom. They would never have got this blessing if it not came from Abraham. The blessing was on Abraham that your seed will be a blessing to all generations. So we see here that it was faith in Abraham. Look through the gospel. How many times the lawyers, the Pharisees, the Sadducees come up to him and say, how can we have eternal life? Think about that. They ask this question, how can I have eternal life? Well, what does the law say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, with all your soul. All right, that's good. That's good. But then he gives them a story to apply it to the lives. The rich young ruler, how can I have eternal life? What would the commandments say? Do not commit adultery. You know, love the Lord your God. Do all those things. All right, great. Now sell everything you have. Oh, wait a minute. That's 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 rough. Because our faith in God is not just intellectual knowledge, but it is living it out. Your foundation. You stand on it, you walk on it, you live on it. Catch it. How the gospel does not only save us. But yet the gospel also shows us how we ought to live. Jesus was showing us that you cannot work your way into heaven. That's why I've come. I've come to show you the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door. I've opened it up to eternal life. I am the good shepherd. I'm going to lead you into green pastures. And so we've seen closely, he's pointing out to us that you cannot just say you know it, but not live it. Our faith in God, again, is not intellectual, but yet it's living it out. It's walking out. It's trusting in him. Because it's showing even Abraham. Abraham did not work his way, he trusted in God. And we know how long he trusted in God for over 25 years. Abraham was waiting for that child, and that child wasn't coming. But yet he believed in God that he could do the impossible. So my question is to you in this saying, do you believe that God can do the impossible? Do you believe that he is the giver of eternal life? Because if you understand this, then you understand that God, the father, the son and the Holy Spirit is able to give you great instructions for your life. And so. When you think about what it means to have eternal life, you understand i didn't work, work for it, I didn't earn it, but Jesus on the cross paid the price for me, so here it comes the cross He's pointing out to them, sit here, you see they closely in they right that the law is cursed. How's the law cursed because no one can keep the law. look closely, look closely in the, in the Old Testament it tells us that all will f- Cannot no one can keep the law, and the one who breaks the law is a curse, and that's something. And so you are cursed when you can't keep the law, but they're trying to keep the law, but they can never satisfy the law, and they're accursed. And we are cursed because Jesus made it clear to us that if you broke one of them, you what? Broke them all. And so here it is that if we're trying to keep the law, work our way in, we'll never be right. But only our faith in God makes us right. That we talked about that a little bit earlier about justification. Justification basically means God says so. You are right because God says so, not because what you have done. It's, it's, we are in a duality that we are both perfect and sinners at the same time. We can go to the church and tell everybody I'm saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. And at the same time, you can still say, I'm a sinner. A or wretch or undone. Isn't that something? We are only saved because God says so. But in reality, we know we are a mess up mess. If, if, we, if we really told the truth about ourselves, we make ourselves feel worse than the other person we're talking about. The other person will look at you with some pity and say, man, you are bad. You be feeling, I know I'm horrible. (laughs) And we are such a horrible state. We are so much in need of grace and mercy. And so because we can never satisfy the law, oh, awesome son of God came into flesh to die on a tree for us. The text makes it clear to us that he became a curse for us because we were cursed. Let's look closely here. The terminology of justification means that God declares us right. And God declares us right knowing that we are wrong. Mm. And Jesus who is right, God declared him to be our sin. He who knew no sin became our sin. We who are cursed became blessed and he became cursed. What it's saying here, that curses he that dies on a tree. He, he hung on a tree, on a, on a cross tree. And what it often means is that those who died on a tree was a sign of divine punishment to hang on a tree. And Jesus was born on the tree. He hung on the cross for our sins. It became our curse, became our sin offering so that God could put righteousness on us. He was our substitutionary atonement. He took our place. As I look it up at this, I, I'm thinking about uh, the news out there now. From you know that, that the lottery was won, the Powerball was won. Some people, there's three people I believe are supposed to be sharing over over a half a billion dollars. And and this one woman is quoted as saying that she wants to give her tithes to the church and set up a college foundation for her children. And as understand that her life has changed. That think about that. That this person basically in debt realized that I can be out of debt and I can set stuff aside and plan for the foundation, the future, for my children. But here you think about it. This that all that happened. And so imagine you get a whole lot of money come your way and you can settle your debts. And you can now live without having to worry about the bill, man, coming by your house. Because you don't worry about when the bills come. So I got it, I can pay for it. That matter of fact, I'm going to pay for the year. Amram could cover for the year. I don't have to worry about them coming by my house. You would just be able to say, because what is covered it's taken care of. Think about the, the less of that stress and, the, and, the, and ability to just to go on. Let's think about this in sin. Imagine that your debt was never paid, and every week, every day, you have that stress of of somebody hounding you. Because, you know, when you owe bills, they call you. They call your work. They call your personal line, and you think they don't have your cell phone number? Think again. They got that, too. And they'll keep on hounding you and hounding you. And just then when you think you might have been all right because you haven't received any phone calls or you might ignore the letters, you get any letters, go try to buy your new car. Sorry, oh, you cannot get your credit's back. What's wrong with my credit? Well, you got this still low. Oh, Lord. They may send you a severance. You might have to go to court to settle the debt. And so when you have debt, it weighs over you. But yet Jesus says, I've come to remove your debt, to set you free. That you have no more guilt. You have no more shame. And Cassius, Cassius, anybody here understand that you have your student loans, your car loan, your house loan, how you working just to pay off those loans? you you try to work to live, but really every time you get a check, you're paying off debt. It's a stress. But Christ says, don't worry about it, it's all on me. I got you covered. He took all that we owe and says, I will wipe it clean. You owe this, but you can't pay it, and you'll never satisfy, even if what you do pay is not going to be good enough. Let me help you out. Some of you think, you know, you get your, your statement that says how much you owe, and you pay that statement out. So you pay that out, right? You get another thing in the mail saying you owe this. Why? Because it was interest. It always means, you think you, ah, oh, I paid it off. I said it. You yeah, get another one says, well, you owe two more. Why owe you two more dollars? The stamp costs less than that. I got to send this back out to you again. But our God does not do that. It's been paid. There's no interest. There's nothing else you owe. It is covered. He became a curse for us. So that we might know his blessing. So we might know his peace. Because if we try to work for it, we will always be cursed. On our best days, we are nothing but filthy rags. There's none righteous before the Lord. No, not one. All sin of sin have falling short of the glory of God. It's so damning when we look at it like, Lord, who are we? That's why we get excited how in Romans 8 and 1 it says, Therefore there's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. How are you in Christ Jesus? Tell your neighbor, by faith. So when we put our faith in Him, the just will what? Live by faith. Place your faith in Jesus. Just live by faith. Let's look at this for a moment. Our works. Think about your works. All works can't do anything for us. <laughs> we live in this in this modern society now, to think about it, how you majority of you, if you want to get a job, you need to have a college education. And some, back in the day, you, as long as you had a high school education, you could still get you a job. But now, barely, you can get you a job if you don't have a high school education or, or equivalent to GED. But catch this, catch this. We have people that have master's degrees and doctors but still can't get a job. What does that mean? It means their works did nothing for them. You could graduate Valley Victoria and Good Goodlardy, Thank You Lordy, Magna Lardy, all those. But yet, you still can't get a job. What did your work do for you? Your work helped you, but what did it do for you? But let me point out to you that when you place your faith in God, check out, it out, you, you might've wanted a 4.0, but you got a 2.0. But you put your faith in God and said, Lord, I need this job. And I'm gonna keep on trusting in you. And when you get that job, you say, thank you, Lord. You've been good to me. Cause there's some people out there that think they work's got them that job. And when they work, make them lose that job. They are lost and depressed. But those that had that 2.0 and thank God for their job catches, when they lose their job, they still thank God so he gonna find me another job. You see, those who are going by works are always under stress, but those who are going by faith, they can look around up in the sky and say, hey, hey, you see that bird? That bird does not plant nor reap nor sow. And he got food to eat. And I read my Bible and he knows about though he knows that one of them falls. But guess this. It doesn't stay on the bird. It gets to me. and says he knows the very hairs numbered in my head. And it reminds me that what does a proper man to worry? He can't change tomorrow. Tomorrow got worries for himself. So when I look up at that bird, I remind if his eye is on the sparrow. I, I know he's watching me. You can you can encourage somebody that they don't have a steak dinner on the table. But they got a bologna sandwich. You can remind them that one day I, I was outside and I saw a squirrel. And a squirrel, it doesn't plant a tree at all. But it's so looking for all the nuts it wants. If God can supply for a squirrel. That he didn't die on a cross for. I know he can supply for me. And and, and and this is what you let them know. You know how I know? Because my hope is built on nothing less. But Jesus Christ and his righteousness. And you understand what I'm trying to point out. That we use these words in a chance. where you use this word faith. And sometimes we limit faith to a wish. But we talk about hope. We talk about trust. I want you to know you should be talking about faith in the same way. Our faith, our hope, our trust to be in him. Yes, sir. Let's check this out. I, 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 ha ha, ha. Oh, glory. I'm going to try it out. I just got to convince the Holy Spirit to get this one for free right here. This is not in my notes. If I ask every one of y'all to give me whatever you had in your wallet, none of y'all will give it to me. Because you trusted more in your hand. Then you trust it in my hand. Because you know what you can do with it. You know, I ain't going to give it to you. This is my red lobster money. That's where we're going. But cast us, cast the glasses. And on the same money that we want to hold on to, it says, in God we trust. How is it the bill says, in God we trust, but we say, in I, I trust. Say, so, pastor, what you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is this. How is it that we can put trust in money that always has a different value? You have trust that your dollar is worth a dollar. But you go to another country. You're going to find out it might not be as worth as you thought it might have been. That you need to give up $2 just to get $1 for a euro. What? So how do you put trust in the United States Treasury that tells you how much your denomination of your money is worth and they change the value as the economy changes and as they change their mind? But yet... There's a God who is the same today as he was yesterday and he will be tomorrow. I, I dare you to put your trust in him and find out that he will never lose his value. And matter of fact, he, matter of fact, he gets sweeter as the day goes on. <laughs> oh, he becomes awesomer and more beautiful. Cause why? The closer we get to him, the more we see how great he is. Anybody been there before? That as you got closer to something, the better it got. I remember as a child, when we would go on vacation, and we will go out to the East Coast, and when we're coming back West, and, you know, you come in, into Pure in the West, you know, you, you see the skyline. And we get excited as kids, you know. We see the skyline. you are like, oh, we're almost home. And the bigger it gets, the more excited we get. And, and, we going down the hill, so you go down, 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 down. Then when we going up there, up, 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 up. Then we go over the bridge, you go straight, 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 straight. We just excited, cause we made it into the town. And cause once we made it into the town, we know, we know how to get home now. <laughs> Here I want you to understand is this, that when you place your faith in God, catches He'll draw you closer. And the closer you get to him, the more excited you'll be because the bigger you see he is. And the bigger you see it, the more he has for you. And the more he has for you, the more you trust in him. Because you understand that, Lord, I have nothing to give you, but you give me everything. My, my works don't add up to anything, but yet your grace is so wonderful. That you declare me righteous, not because of what I have done, but because of my faith in Jesus Christ, your son. So my question is to you, will you live by faith? Because the just live by faith. So my question to you, are you just? And you probably say, how can I answer that? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked that. You only know if you're just if you place your faith in Jesus. So if you placed your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you've been washed by the blood of the Lamb, let me ask you, let the Redeemer of the Lord... So if you have been washed by the blood of the Lamb, let the Redeem of the Lord some haven't caught on yet. If you've been washed (laughs) by the blood of the Lamb, let the Redeem of the Lord some still haven't caught on. You've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Let the Redeem of the Lord The Redeem of the Lord I will walk by faith. I will trust in my Lord. I will lead on His everlasting arm. I will hold on to His unchanging hand. So here's the challenge: the enemy is going to try to fool you. He's going to try to throw a spell on you. He wants you to think everything that glitter is gold. He wants you to think that's the clothes you put on, is the way you style your hair, is the car you drive. It's the house you live in. It's the job you have that defines who you are. But I want you to let you know the Bible makes it clear to us. All this stuff will pass away. So that's not your value because if that's your value, when it goes away, what are you? I want you to know this, that when the earth passes away, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And you need to have a new body. To get in that new heaven. And that new earth. I lost somebody. I, I, I was about to close, but I lost y'all. I was about to close, but I lost you. y'all. Y'all think y'all know what I'm talking about. Let me help you out. You're not going to make it into heaven as you are now. And side note, you're not going to go into hell the same way either. But I tell you, if you want to get dressed up, you want to get dressed up for heaven. And the way for you to get your change of clothes is for you to make a deposit. And, and this deposit is called faith. And you want to deposit your faith in the Son who died on the cross, who became a curse, who was buried in a grave, but early that Sunday morning got up with all power in his hands. And he says, I go to prepare a place for you that when I come back, he's coming back again. And when he comes back in, we'll be changed like a quicker than a twinkling in an eye that will be made like him and called up to be with him over there in glory in the new heaven and the new earth. So what I was trying to tell to you that we all going to be changed to go to a new place in a new body. But that's all about faith. You can't work your way in there. You can't work your way there. Here it is. Close out with this. Good intentions. I heard a stairway to hell. I intended to do this. I intended to do that. Be careful of trying to intend to do good works. Just have faith. The just... Live by faith. Trust his word and do his word. There is no try. There's only do. Father, we turn to you. We trust in your word. We thank you, O God, that you have saved us, you have redeemed us. And by our faith in you, O mighty God, and in your son, you have called us righteous. Righteous. And now, Lord, we want to walk by faith and not by sight. We want to trust your holy word and may it be seen in our everyday lives. Help us to guard our tongue, our heart, and our mind. Guard our hands and our feet. That all that we look to do, O oh God, it brings glory and honor unto you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Convict us right now. Show us, oh God, what we need to change. And Father, we surrender to you right now. In Jesus' great name, Lord, we pray. Amen. We extend the hand of the